If you've been told to pull up your socks, then make sure it's a pair of TNT socks. The TNT shop is now open at tntradio.live. The latest from batshit bonkers Britain, Katie Hopkins on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. And a very warm welcome to the Katie Hopkins Show on Thursday, the 14th of December. Well done to the tribe already turning up. Greetings to the tribe from Lake Kariba mm, 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 in Zambia. I so love it there. Uh, today in the show, we're talking Argentina, where Mile just devalued the peso by 50%. We'll be talking about that. I want to celebrate the end of communist Mark Drakeford of the People's Republic of Wales. He is going down and not forgetting our top three out of the UK, which has a green theme today. We are here in glorious Technicolor at TNT. You won't be able to see me because I'm in my urban camouflage gear because I'm about to hit the road, but you know what to do. I may be in the driving seat, but you are the engine for this show. People are talking about what they're having for dinner. That seems to be important. Get chatting with the tribe. Here is how you join the conversation. Katie Hopkins wants you to chat to her. Just go to tntradio.live, hit chat, and join your family chatting away. We're on the highway to freedom, where listeners drive the show. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Mm -mm -mm. Our listeners do drive the show. Fish cakes for me. Ooh, ooh. I love me a fish cake. Come on. Um, What is it about them? They're so satisfying. Makes me feel like a really old person in some sort of hospital ward that's now not on solids anymore. And I just get to maybe that'll put you off your fish cakes. That that might not be the thing. Uh, Morning, Tribesters coming in there from Chris. Batshit bonkers. We're here. Batshit bonkers. And things are truly batshit bonkers. I've just been writing my script for the uh, batshit bonkers for my social medias today. (laughs) And honestly, you couldn't make it up. I'm torn. I'm torn between doing our top three out of the UK that we do here at TNT or just doing with you my batshit bonkers that I'll do for social media later. (laughs) TNT one. So you guys can choose. Let's do that. Despite my endless prep, despite all my efforts, I I feel like the right answer here is we should do our top three stories because that is more TNT. But I also have a yearning to do my batshit bonkers that I'll do for social later because it'll be ruder and funnier. Anyway, what's everyone saying? Um, Mark, oh, Mark Wankford. Oh, I think that's a synopsis of Drakeford. He is gone, gone but not forgotten. We won't, we won't forget what he did to us. Uh, morning from wet and windy Bolton. Well done, Bolton, for being here. Good on you. And um, Boridar. So we've got a Welshie. Someone is sausage, egg and chips. I don't think you can beat sausage, egg and chips, can you? I mean, bacon, egg and chips, bacon, sausage, egg and chips. That is a good meal. Ham, egg and chips. Go to a dodgy pub. Not sure about the menu. If they've got uh, ham, egg and chips, always go with that. Unless you think you're going to get pretend ham. Never eat pretend ham. And never, I mean, I know times are tight. I know everybody hasn't got any money left. I know all the rest of it. Can I just show you something if you're watching this? Look at this. Look at this. I'm so camo, I can even camo my hands. See where my brain, my brain's like. <laughs> um, yeah, so, uh, but apart from the um, the ham that isn't ham, do you know what I mean? Have you seen the thing about that? Chips don't belong in a breakfast. 
strong stuff there from the token vegan for this time in the morning, eight in the morning, and we already have a token vegan Benedict telling us chips don't belong in a breakfast. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Chips 100% belong in a breakfast. I would argue, coming from a farming family, that a roast dinner belongs in a breakfast. Best meal of the day, breakfast. Breakfast, what do they say? Breakfast like a king, lunch like a queen, and supper like a pauper. Not a pauper as in like an animal, but a pauper as a poor person, so that your body has more time to digest the big meal of the day, which you can't beat it. 5 a.m., shove it all in, everything for your day, right? Anyone else? Can't believe it's not ham. Yeah, no, I'm not just talking about Billy Bear ham, which is the ham that's made to look like a bear, but like not wanting to be, a token vegan's gonna be with me on this. Hmm? Um, the ham that, you know the ham, what's it called? And it's like waffa thin, waffa thin slices. There's like, all of the ham is like, and it's all in together, but it's waffa thin. And then people put it in sandwiches. Like, I because I'm such a pro meat person, but I'm pro actual cuts of meat that have literally just been cut off the animal when it's died, when it's been killed humanely after a glorious life in the sunshine and the grass and the fields. You see cows being let out for the spring. I'm telling you, you will weep every time. You, it is, a, it is an emotional thing to watch cows being released into the fields for the spring. It's an amazing thing. Anyway, I'm all about meat that looks like the thing it came from, right? Any of this weird crap that looks like very flat, thin, and you're like, well, I've never seen a pig that's circular, you know, shaped like that, or that, yeah, you got to be worrying. You know how they make that? I don't even want to say. You know, they take all the bits of the pig and they basically just <laughs> them down until, oh, it's making me go a bit. Oh, I need my squash. Hold on. I'm going to say, I can't believe it's, you, my mum used to use tin salmon. Oh, what, in the, in the, um, tin salmon in your, I'm thinking that's your fish cakes. Oh, so cute. My mum uh, used to, we used to have spread in our school sandwiches. Meat paste, that's what it was called. Anybody else? Tissue paper ham, that's what we're talking about. Anybody else used to have paste in their sandwiches? I'm belying my council house roots here, aren't I? So, and the paste would change flavor, but not texture or color or smell. So it might be called like beef paste, or it may be called uh, ch ooh, chicken, oof. Chicken paste. Who? Hold on. I gotta just. I've got a bit of a gag on. Mm -mm. Mm. If you're wondering, if you're watching this in glorious Technicolor, what this is? A fish cakes. Boil first and bake in the oven. Wait, that must be ham. That can't be fish cakes. I have a huge ham sitting in my fridge, ready to do exactly that with paste every day. Oh, me too. And also tongue. Uh, I never knew tongue was tongue. Did you know tongue was tongue? Did anyone else tell their kid that tongue was tongue? I never knew tongue was tongue. I was merrily eating tongue sandwiches. I had tongue or spam or paste every day. There would be, well, there'd be me and my sister and my dad. So three lunch boxes on top of the microwave in the kitchen, one each for each of us. And each of those sandwiches were the same tongue, paste or spam. I know. People wonder why I'm so determined in my life. Hmm? Um, if you're wondering about this, if you're watching in Technicolor, which I advise you not to, but I'm supposed to tell you to because we're now in vision. Um, this is my two litre measure. Uh, ever since the incident with the hemorrhoids, have we talked about that here? My dog loves tongue. 
I say. There's <laughs> the late night version of TNT. <laughs> we better move on, hadn't we? <laughs> Otherwise, I'm going to have the, the sad bastards on the, the chat telling me that I don't take anything seriously anymore and they're going to leave immediately. <laughs> they have to announce that they're leaving. <laughs> it's not enough for them just to like do something else for an hour. They have to let us know they're leaving. I'm leaving. Okay, yeah, bye. No, no, but I'm leaving. <laughs> Katie doesn't take anything seriously anymore. I am out of here. Yeah, yeah, okay, bye. <laughs> so ever since the incident with the hemorrhoids, I know for anybody who has like sexual fantasies about me, um, this is time to blow them out of the water. Uh, there was an inference by people uh, involved in poking their thumbs up my bum that I don't drink enough water, which obviously is slander. So ever since that time, I carry around this freaking two litre squeaky plastic, whatever it is. And I put squash in it because I'm such a child that I can't, I cannot drink water because I find it. To, how do we watch and where and what and how? Oh God, I don't know. Let's get someone to tell us. Could someone go on Tribe and explain the watching process? I had my mother say the other day, she watched some of my radio. I mean, for God's sake. So someone help. Uh, I'm leaving. <laughs> yeah, right. That was it yesterday. Oh, there we go. YouTube. You can find it on the YouTube. Or as my mum would say, YouTube. She puts the emphasis on the tube. So it's, I, I watched you. I watched your radio on YouTube. And she's so sweet. She said, you were excellent. <laughs> She'd say that anyway. She probably only listened to two minutes. She'll have just watched... Um, just to see what I was looking like. That's what she does. That's her way of checking up on me and to check that I don't look too haggard. And if I do look more haggard than she thinks I should for the life I lead, she'll like get on the phone and go, Ooh, are you eating? Are you sleeping? Did you not find your makeup? Because you looked haggard. <laughs> it's radio. It's wrong to watch it. Some people's views. YouTube, TNT Live for video, tntradio.com. Isn't it tntradio.live for chat? I really need you to come here for the chat. Um, I can just show you. Sorry, if you are watching Vision, um, I watch you on my phone so that you are driving the conversation. Uh, please know that you do drive the conversation. I mean, I think you can tell that you drive the conversation here at the show. So back to squash. So I tried to drink two litres each day and that's what was left from yesterday, you see. So I still have a bit to go. All of this because I'm trying not to have it so that a man with a, with a, with a support crowd, you know, the consultant, the bum consultant. What is the name for the bum consultant, please? What's the anus consultant called? When he came into the room to look at my hemorrhoids, he literally brought, he was flanked by people. It was like, it was like seeing a driver at the Formula One pit, right? Except it was the bum consultant come to look at my hemorrhoids. He was flanked by his team members. You know, one was there ready to change the wheels at a moment's notice. Use the analogy in the context of hemorrhoids and bums. One was there with the thing that they walk around with so they can type as they walk because they're consultants in the NHS and that, that means they can multitask, right? Proctologist. And then, and then the guy, when he came to ram his thumb up, I don't know why when someone has exploded hemorrhoids, you have to rum your thumb up them. I think it's just an act of cruelty to teach me for slagging off the NHS as an institution. Anyway, they said I didn't drink enough. So that's the thing with the drinking. Um, shall I tell you what's happened? 
what has happened is because you guys drive the show, if I wanted woke nonsense, I'd be watching the BBC whilst reading The Guardian. Thank you. I'm here for the comedy and a bit of seriousness. Right. And I feel like I'm here for the seriousness, but the way we're delivering it is via the mechanism of laughing mostly at me or finding the funny. Because my argument here, um, and I'm not trying, not in any way defending myself, but my argument is it is possible to find seriousness and people telling you bad news everywhere. I don't find someone else doing what I'm doing. I don't. I mean, you can all chat on who else is doing what I'm doing. That's great. I'm not trying to say I, I just find there's a lot of seriousness everywhere. And there's a lot of very dull boys reading out the same talking points that you've all heard a thousand times already. And there's people still talking about whether the vaccine was wrong. And I'm sorry, but we have to move on from that. We have to also find the fun in today's news and today's stories, no? And if part of that is laughing at me, marvellous. So let me tell you, um, I have top three stories for you, as you know. We are supposed to get those done in the first section of the show, but sometimes we just got to chitty, chitty, chit chat, right? So what we'll do is we'll start them and then we'll continue them over the commercials. Do you know what? While you guys listen to a commercial, I might just keep talking. Might just keep doing the stories I planned for you because who cares if no one hears, right? As long as I'm happy. Um, so the theme for the top three today, hold on, I think I have to have a small cough. <coughs> the theme is green, right? And it's all with a poke at the greenies, which I love. So the first one, here we go. Uh, someone, oh, but chugging water would fix hemorrhoids faster. Wait, putting the water up my ass. Is that what we're saying? Let's leave that as a thought out there whilst we move on to our top three of today. We'll start with number one, then we're going to have a commercial break. Number one, two million. Now, you'll know I love Elon Musk. You'll know that I've always offered he's on my husband list. I would do anything for Elon Musk right now because he sat on a stage in New York and he told the advertisers, blow me. Those are all the services I'm on. I'm offering to that guy because I love him. But two million Teslas recalled. Tesla is recalling more than two million cars after the U.S. regulator found its driver assistance system autopilot was partly defective. <laughs> Two-year investigation into the crashes which occurred when the tech was in use. So Elon Musk, hilariously, I mean, this might just be a dig up Elon Musk because he told the advertisers to go screw themselves. And I tell you what, they'll come for you any which way they choose. Uh, Elon Musk said, I love this. He was like, oh, listen, listen, listen. I can send the software update over the air and fix the issue. So Elon's like, you don't need to recall this stuff. Like, what are we living in the 1920s? I'll send the software fix over the air. However, because he's up against uh, the regulators and all the rest of it, so the update could happen automatically, does not require a visit to the dealership or garage, but the, oh, listen to this for an acronym, US, oh no, NHTSA. <laughs> I work for the U.S. National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Oh, my God. If I met someone 
And I was like, oh, what do you do? Not a question I typically ask because I judge people on how weird and how free they seem. I couldn't care less what they do for a living. But if someone started to tell me, I work for the US uh, National Highway Traffic Safe, I'm hoping they would only get to about their safe safety administration and I would be gone. I'd be like, sorry, no. Can I stop you there? I'm sorry, no. I'm sorry, no. I've got a life to lead. I don't know how much longer I've got, but anything I've got to get done is going to be more beneficial than listening to someone from the US National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. So they're saying that they want, uh, they've recall, they're physically recalling the cars even though there's no need to because they because it's a rule and they want to enforce the rule oh my god so what we're going to do good people is um i've got another thing on electric car subsidies which i love and a thing on cop 28 which i also love so we will have a short commercial break we will come right back let's giggle about cop 28 and the utter failure that it is i've got a question for you later in the show as well go nowhere Apart from to the chitty chitty chat chat, or you can go to YouTube if you want to watch this haggard old cow speak into a camera. I mean, why you'd want to do that, no one knows. Uh, but go nowhere or I will hunt you down. I have a special set of skills. Do know that. My name is Katie Hopkins and this is TNT Radio. TNT Radio's Patrick Henningsen. There's a dark cloud which is gathering over Ukraine. This has been an absolute disaster. In the last month alone, as I reported previously, Ukraine's lost 13,000 troops in October. So what does that mean? Well, you can guess that recruitment is probably down. So right now, the government in Kiev, the Zelensky government's doing forced conscription. Morale is at an all-time low. Uh, we've also seen conscientious objectors uh, who are taking to social media like Telegram, who reported uh, that they were just finished a six-month prison sentence uh, after refusing to go to the front line. Some of the forced conscripts rebelled, were imprisoned for six months, did a six-month sentence, and then the day before their release, they were put into a van and then sent to the front line. I kid you not. Patrick Henningsen on today's News Talk TNT Radio. I wanted to alleviate my pain. I also didn't want to be who I was. I always just felt like there was just something wrong with me, and I was trying to figure it out, and I used the internet to help me do that. Seemingly out of nowhere, we've suddenly seen a huge spike in media depictions and social media depictions of transgenderism. It's even reached the mainstream advertising world. The people who are consuming this are children, 13, 14, 15 years old. And it's so easy for them to literally be groomed. I just woke up one day, looked at myself in the mirror, and asked myself, what the heck am I doing? When trans-identified kids are referred to specialized gender clinics, they're often told that they're going to get comprehensive, multidisciplinary mental health assessments. 
We know that that's not true. I was easy to manipulate. The ideology that has become dominant at these clinics is that trans kids know who they are, and therefore to question them is completely taboo. My childhood was ruined. Who's there for their detransitioning? Nobody. Nobody would help me because they had more concerns of me reversing everything. Did this thing to alleviate this gender dysphoria that wasn't there before, but you made it into a problem, and now your body image issues are worse. That's not supposed to happen. What do we do now? D-Trans, the dangers of gender-affirming care. For more information, go to PragerU.com. Katie, Hop Katie Hopkins on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Yes, my darlings, we're still on our top three for today because we got chit-chatting about what we uh, are doing with our lives. Uh, people back on chat. Oh, I see. The chat on YouTube is very bizarre. Right. So if you're one of the originals or you want to come back to chat on the happy side of life, uh, please do uh, come to the chat with the tribe over here at tntradio.live. Um, and the problem, of course, with YouTube chats is that you do tend to uh, pick up things that you would not normally pick up if they were on the bathroom floor. So it is kind of good if you're over here on chat with me. Um, but you know, you do you. If you're enjoying your life wherever you are, or talking about me being some sort of, I don't know what, or talking about the way I look, or what I'm wearing, or what my face looks like, or I look like one of the white chicks, or maybe I used to be a guy, you crack on, please do. If that's how you want to get through your day, please do that, because I can promise you, I know who I am and any labels you might want to put on me or judging of me by my face. The day I announce myself as the UK's top model is the day that you can come for me in my looks. Hmm? But given that I've never presented myself in that way, I wonder why it is that you hold women to a different standard to men. I wonder how many of the men out there you comment on their appearance, because I bet you it's absolutely close to zero. Men can be as fat as they want, as unwashed as they want, as unshowered as they want, wear the same outfit relentlessly, and not a word will be said. And I'm pointing my finger directly at you, any of you who've criticised a woman like me for anything to do with looks or outfits. Look at yourself. What do you look like? Hmm? When was the last time you ran 10K? Huh? Right. Exactly. Take a look at yourself before you go picking holes in decent haggard old menopause or cows like me. Right. Electric car subsidies ending sooner in Germany. This is the green news we all need. German Chancellor Olaf Scholz has announced that his coalition has reached an agreement over the budget. German, German, German. Rules, order, rules, order, rules, order. Don't have a personality. Rules. Schloss's three-party coalition thrown into crisis last month when the budget for 2024, I'm trying to make this sound sexy. Is it working? I'm trying to make it sound like an Arnie movie. The budget for 2024 violated a constitutional clause. Don't know why we've gone American. Banning the Germans from running a deficit of more than 0.35% GDP. The resulting hole was only a, a whatever, basically. They're not allowed to run a deficit of 0.35% GDP in Germany because Germans love a rule and they would not want to violate the constitution of their anti-papers. Uh, so the Germans have announced, I'm sure it's racist to do that accent, uh, mocking the time that Germany tried to overtake my fine country, but there we are. I will not forget the war. Um, and so they've had to cut their subsidies 
on electric cars and green sources of energy sooner. Huh? Huh? Hmm? So the, Ger the Germans are cutting subsidies to electric cars, meaning they'll be even less attractive than they already were, because in my personal opinion, you have to be a massive knob end to own an electric vehicle because it's basically a battery powered car and you're not understanding who controls the sh stuff around here. Right. Nearly swore. Saved it. So <laughs> someone here saying, I look amazing, Katie. Thanks for asking. <laughs> That's my kind of person. <laughs> I look amazing. So electric cars uh, are going to lose their subsidies in Germany, which means even fewer will be sold. Let's get on to COP28 because it's legendary. It's brilliant. And I love it which is it's the greatest pile of poop in history. It was basically a oil sales fest. Absolutely nothing has come out of it. It's all an illusion. Al Jabba, who's my other uh, husband in waiting, absolutely knows it. The UAE has invested $150 billion to increase oil production by half to 5 million barrels a day by 2027. <laughs> and China. <laughs> oh, why do I find it? Listen, you may be a big greenie. I'm all about looking after our fields and our cows, believe me. But like the the comedy here is not knocking that we'd like the the planet to be very happy the comedy here is people who think cop 28 had a purpose right 400,000 people flying in trying to say oh a lot has been achieved mm, a lot of been a lot have been achieved china has built 182 new coal-fired power plants in the past two and a half years. And let's take a listen to Bloomberg on the market's reaction to COP28. Take a listen to this. All right, I'll take a look at uh, maybe what we call traditional energy companies. Uh, not doing too well today after this global powwow where uh, most of the world's players agreed that, that we got to move away from fossil fuels, and we will. The devil's in the details and the expense of all of that. Daniel Turner, Power of the Future, founder and CEO. Daniel, how realistic is this goal? completely unrealistic. Uh, first of all, let's acknowledge the fact that it took 80,000 people over three weeks to come to this conclusion. So COP28 must have been a great time if, if we all knew this was going to be the result of the conference and it took them this long to get there. But look, on the simplest of terms, they talk about eliminating fossil fuels, but fossil fuels do an awful lot more then produce electricity. Wind and solar produce electricity. What about plastic, rubber, cement, concrete, steel? Right. What about the, the, the renewables themselves? Wind and solar are made from fossil fuels. So if you're eliminating fossil fuels, what are you doing to these products? So there's just this circle of stupidity that, that comes out of COP28. It, it's pure virtue signaling. It's pure leftist agenda. There's no truth in science and markets. It's, it's just pure nonsense. Let's say they were all serious about it. That might be leap. They're all not gung-ho about committing funds to do it. China and India come to mind, <clears throat> even now. No, and China didn't even really participate. Chairman Xi stayed home. Right. And, and China is thrilled with this resolution, by the way, because they still control 70% of the manufacturing of wind and solar, and they control 90% of the rare earth and, and raw materials markets of wind and solar. So China loves the fact that the world says buy more of their products. They are just right. sitting by quietly watching this happen. And just watching. Daniel, thank you. A little more after this. 
I really liked um, I really liked that commentary from Bloomberg. It's kind of difficult to understand because it's an American on Bloomberg. And on Bloomberg, they talk really, really fast because they're always looking at the markets. The markets change really, really quickly. And so something affects their brains and their brains have to deliver this dialogue at like 400,000 miles an hour because when the markets change, they change. And they're used to thinking at twice the speed of any normal person because they deal with the markets. And that's why they prove themselves to be so clever by talking at this speed. But what he said that was glorious in amongst the end of the blah, 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 was the um, circle of stupidity. And making the point very nicely that needs to be made over and over and over is that wind and solar come from fossil fuels. Wind and solar are plugged into fossil fuels. You don't get wind and solar without fossil fuels. So any which way you look at this, whether you look at China, whether you look at India, whether you look at the oil sales coming out of the UAE, whether you look at the 15 countries who signed oil deals during COP28, whether you look at just the sum total of, of carbon, I wonder, uh, coming out of people flying there. I mean, I personally don't care about people flying anywhere because I think we should all be able to fly where we want. We just need to be smarter at offsetting all of this nonsense. But Regardless, any which way, any metric that you use to judge this, COP28 fails. And then roll back, once subsidies come off electric cars, they fail. Electric cars are being universally rejected by the markets uh, and we will see electric vehicles fail. There will have to be, that. perhaps there already is, the hydrogen car. Till we get that, they will continue to fail. Green is failing faster than it's making any ground. And so a whole bunch of kids who've been spoon fed this kind of indoctrinated cultish belief that climate is everything and you may not live beyond 30, they are so disillusioned. It's why they're not functioning. We have an entire generation that is not functioning, that is living still in their parents' homes, that is asking parents to buy them things that we would have afforded ourselves by going out to work. And part of that is these are tough times and life has changed. But part of it is that these kids were bred to be useless and functionless by universities and the rest that told them they had every right to be a victim and they never have to make a single sausage of effort in their whole lives. You know, I may not be many things, but it brings me a lot of joy to have one nurse, one farmer and one budding mechanic 1918-17, straight into uh, jobs that will sustain them beyond whatever is coming in our not too distant future. Um, but yeah, the functionlessness of kids at the age of 30. I heard some stories yesterday about a 30-year-old still asking daddy for stuff. You know, what? What? I had two kids at 30 and I was a single mum. What? Let's talk Mark Drakeford. Come on, little chitty chitty chatters. Um, do you, have you had personal experience with Mark Drakeford? Do you live in Wales? Are you, um, have you watched what Mark Drakeford did to Wales? So he was in power for five years. And my personal view is that he was the worst of all of them. He locked down harder than I think anyone else in Great Britain and everybody was a, a mindless vandal. Every politician was a mindless vandal at that time. 
he promised and didn't deliver. £144 million road that led to nowhere because it was never built. He came out with stuff like uh, roads are no longer necessary, right? Roads aren't, um, roads aren't needed. So he just turned off investment projects in any road building because he was anti-roads. <laughs> Horse and cart and communist Wales. Huh? Um, just endless. Oh, people talk about farmers. We're coming to farmers, actually. It's our, it's our next story. I know we need to power through the show. So he announced that he was going to stand down. He's staying in place till his successor is found. He announced it in the Welsh Senate. And this is the guy, the conservative guy, Tom, coming out. And I apologise if you struggle with the audio on this. Uh, we'll try and get studio to turn it up. Huh? Let's see. Uh, this is him literally walking out of uh, Mark Drakeford, announcing his resignation and his straight, his immediate reaction straight to camera. So let's take a listen to this. So First Minister Mark Drakeford has just resigned on the podium um, there behind me. I wish him well personally and whatever is next for him. Um, but what was very clear is you look back on his term of office and it has been one of the wrong priorities. Uh, Mark Drakeford has pursued things like more politicians here in the Senate, that blanket 20 mile an hour approach damaging policies like the tourism tax, but has failed to deliver on the things that really matter to people. We've seen recently we've got the worst educational results anywhere in the United Kingdom, the longest waiting lists and an economy that lags behind the rest of the UK. So I really hope whoever becomes First Minister going forward ditches these vanity projects and pursues the people's priorities here in Wales. That's what the Welsh Conservative do. Pursues the people's priorities here in Wales. And so that's the Conservative uh, Minister enjoying the fact that Drakeford will have gone. But I think a really serious side. So that's a really, you can hear that kind of politicians lazy. You know, if I was anywhere near this guy, I'd be like, I can hear your laziness. I can hear your laziness. I can hear your politician's voice. I can hear your politician soundbite, everything that, that like, so I like that it was an immediate reaction and I like that it was the conservative reaction straight off the bat. And he made some important points. Wales has the lowest uh, school results of any, uh, in any of the UK. It has the longest waiting lists for health of any of the UK. He bought in ridiculous policies like a blanket 20 mile an hour speed limit. And honestly, if you're thinking of going to some, you know, if, when Mark Drakeford eventually pops off, people will need to leave their homes like a week before he died in order to get to his funeral on time. You know what I mean? He's not dead just yet, but 20 miles an hour means you cannot get anywhere. Last time I was in Wales. You guys know this. I get undertaken by a fat bird pushing a stroller of triplets. You know what I mean? You can't get anywhere. 20 miles an hour, you can't move your car. It's the weirdest thing to try and keep your car at 20 miles an hour. And a whole bunch of other stuff during lockdown. He did that thing on aisles. I mean, I totally support him. He made vodka an essential item. I will give him that. I will give him that credit. Vodka and cigarettes, they were essential items. Kudos. <laughs> but he locked up on the aisles. He put that plastic sheeting. You know how you were allowed to shop for some things, but not others because what COVID would know? <laughs> uh, he, he put plastic sheeting on the children's clothing aisle because children's clothing wasn't essential in his head, but 
vodka and cigarettes fair one uh, absolutely well i'm just looking at your comments on drakeford he welcomes all of the illegals into the hotels but never offered his son's spare bedroom to any of them yeah um and i and i think that's the thing is we can the, the problem with that uh, politician and his summary is he's already in politics mode and he's not feeling it. And you can see that it's just there, 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 there. Ordinary people of Wales, not that I speak to, yes, I know about Drakeford's son. Um, ordinary people of Wales have been harmed by Mark Drakeford. Not not at a, not at a, there, 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 by a politician, not at a 144 million pound road that didn't get built, not at a, political level, it's the wrong priorities. No, 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 it's not the wrong priorities. I personally believe Mark Drakeford is a deeply malevolent man. And if you want to hear that he's a lovely human, please go and listen to James O'Brien, who thinks he's one of his top politicians of all time. So like, you know, I think his malevolence was so dark. He's always been willing to sacrifice people of Wales to achieve an agenda that he has always had. And I think often serpents in life and darkness comes in many guises and it's never going to present itself as a serpent with a forked tongue, you know, and a pitchfork. It will present itself in the shape of a little old man who seems quite sweet and is nice to people. But you know, if you ever watch like surprising killers, telling you. Mark Drakeford, I'll say it here, is a killer. He killed people with lockdown. He killed people with his policies. He's driven people near suicide by putting illegals next to homes they've worked their whole lives for and then end up being worth nothing because they're living next to a festering den of people who shouldn't be here. So people can soft soap this all they want. But my personal experience on the streets of Wales is that that man is a killer. And uh, feel free to put your opposite views. Maybe you love him. Maybe he's your uncle or your father and you've got great things to say about Mark Drakeford. Put him out there, you know, put him out there. But there we go. Um, darling, so what we're going to do now, I'm just thinking because I've got a farm story I want to share. I don't believe you read that out, Katie. Fair play. <laughs> I salute you. Yes. Salute me all you like. Thank you very much. Um, I want to do farm story because it feels like where the tribe is at, there's a lot of farm talk, a lot of supporting farmers. And I just had a couple of stories about farming I did want to get to. So let's do that next. Um, so go nowhere, darlings, apart from uh, to tribe. So if you can go to tntradio.live and join the conversation here, perhaps you're a farmer, perhaps you're one of the Dutch farmers or an Irish farmers, perhaps you've been given a cull quota the amount of your herd that you need to cull in order to meet false nitrogen targets set by some idiot in a suit in some political hub somewhere all about the climate cult. But whatever your views, or perhaps you visit a local farm and a local farm shop and you're trying to dedicate yourself to only buying stuff from there. Uh, whatever your comments are, do get to, to the chat. We'll be right back. My name is Katie Hopkins. Don't you forget it. And this is TNT Radio. De-weaponizing weather with reality and perspective. Apparently, the climate cabal is freaking out. From Al Gore to John Kerry and down to the oddest imported student radical, 
They're freaking out over the final text as the climate talks in Dubai near their conclusion. At issue is whether the outcome will call for the phase-out of fossil fuels or merely call for fossil fuel reduction and similar, as they put it, weasel words. Either term will leave nations with tons of wiggle room to avoid or delay destroying their economies through energy starvation. And that's the big question. Do you want to starve because you have no energy? Or do you want to continue to eat because you do have energy? Hmm, that is an interesting question. I wonder which one I would choose. As veterans of the UN climate process since the whole shebang began, taking a look at this, we've seen this play out before. No matter what happens, the conference officials will emerge bleary-eyed and proclaim a major victory, leaving it up to the rest of us to sort through what happened and figure it out. Often, as is likely this time, the conference ends in de facto collapse. In fact, Al Gore, that's right, the high priest, said that the conference is on the verge of complete failure because he wants fossil fuels phased out completely. <sighs> I wish Al Gore the best. I hope him a long life, but I wish his presence on the world stage would be phased out. If they could actually agree on that, then it would be a success. This is TNT climate and weather watchdog meteorologist Joe Bastardi asking you to enjoy the weather, even if you're not in Dubai. It's the only weather you got. Around here, bushfire is just a part of life. We've been through it before, and we'll get through it again. The people here all look out for each other. We're a community that does its bit to plan and prepare, to keep everyone safe. We live with bushfire, so we live bushfire ready. The most banned woman on the planet, Katie Hopkins on today's News Talk TNT Radio. I'm just reading on the chit chit chat chat. My late pops was from, and I'm going to get this wrong, and I want to get it right. Pentry, Rhonda Valley. Is it Pentry, Rhonda Valley? E, and a very proud Welshman. Oh, that's just oh, come on. Sorry, but that de-weaponizing weather ad just drags on. I know, right? I get it every day, don't I? It's the only weather you've got. Could we not just have that? Like, if any of the boys want to do a little promo during my show, could we not just have, like, you know, the the sort of, um, <laughs> like, the TikTok version that's 10 seconds? It's the only weather you've got. Oh, I'm on droopy drawers and here's some negativity. I'm not saying that that's what the boys do. I'm just, you know what I mean? Unless it's Dean. Dean can have half an hour of my show to talk because I love him with all my, all my heart. Farming. Farming. Farming, people. Our fertilizer price has almost tripled here in Australia. You see this, this. We grow avocados, mm. along with the tripled electricity price for pumping irrigation water. You can imagine the pressure it is putting on our ability to stay afloat. Oh, oof. this is it. You need water to get the water. You have to pump it in order to irrigate, in order to, same in South Africa, to get the electricity to pump the irrigation water, they're reliant on the grid because the ANC are a bunch of assholes. They cut out power. If you're in uh, South Africa, you'll back me up here, that power outages in South Africa are just a daily thing. Um, what do they call them? Something loading, something loading the grid, whatever, to pump water. 
if you can't pump the water, you can't irrigate your fields. And then in order to, this is another thing, right? So I don't know the climate. So we must reduce whatever nitrogen in fertilizer. So we'll just cut it off. We'll just cut off the supply. Boom. Or we'll just triple the price, which is the same effective thing in a sort of market, right? If you cut the supply, the price goes up. Doesn't provide any intermediary steps. It doesn't provide another way of fertilizer, even if you bought into that, which I don't. I'm just saying throw the fertilizer on, right? Don't spike the price. Load shedding. Thank you so much. Um, regarding South Africa, load shedding. I remember three months out there, load shedding was endless. So this punitive thing on farmers, however, this is not negativity. This is farmers. Farmers are going to be the fight back. And I know we already know partly of that. And uh, brilliantly today, I get to spend time on a train and I've got the long read about all of the minutiae of the Dutch farmers. And I'm really excited about reading, actually. But it's it's basically, it's going to be an ins and outs told from a leftist perspective, which I always like to do, about the amazing Dutch farmers. And this uh, in-depth read was written before the recent elections where Gert Wilders secured the most votes. I know you can say he didn't get a majority in parliament, secured the most votes. And in the long read, they're saying it is likely that the way farmers have been treated will result in an extremist. I mean, please, Gert Wilders is the sweetest man you would ever meet. But the Farmers Defence Force in uh, the Netherlands, Dutch farmers, the revolt leading to Gert Wilders, it's all written for us to see and to give us confidence in what's coming. Now, the French farmers, I'm excited. I'm excited. I know I'm partly excited because I'm farming and my daughter's farming and we come from farming. But this clip that I'm about to play is not going to mean much to you. And I make no apology for it. But now when you maybe shut your little eyes and now imagine that this clip is huge bits of farming equipment, not to be um, vague, tractors, spreaders, sprayers. Imagine uh, tip uh, to the buckets of the, of the tractors where they've got their buckets on and they're tipping tires over the walls of the council buildings. Some of you might say, well, it's vandalism, tut, tut, tut. Carry on, say that. I think you're completely wrong putting tires over the walls of council buildings. And the noise you're about to hear is the French farmers turning up as they do on a regular basis, not only to dump manure at the entry points of council buildings in France to protest against the treatment of farmers. This noise is French farmers spraying farm grade manure at the offices of the politicians in France. Let's all take a listen and enjoy. So as I say, you weren't going to learn much from that clip if you were just hearing it in audio, but I, I hope I was able to articulate to you a little of the joy that comes with that clip. And how much would you guys like to, I'm looking at Tribe here, how much would you like to get a massive muck spreader 
and actually just go and drive it and just spray it. I mean, you might say, Katie, this is childish. How does this help? It so helps. How much would you like to have a muck spreader and just go spray it at, I don't know, some people even. There's plenty of people live on my road. I would take great delight. The guy that shouted at my son for revving our car. <laughs> They're spraying slurry, aren't they? Stinks to high heaven. Yeah. And the weird thing is, um, for me, is that I actually really like the smell of muck spreading. <laughs> that is a bit weird, isn't it? <laughs> Reminds me of home. Dumping manure on politicians' offices sounds like sticking your face to the M25 to me. Yes. So I, I get that point. This idea that, you know, oh, for goodness sake, Katie, what spraying manure shit at the offices of politicians, is that not the same as sticking your nipple hair, you know, to the tarmac? Probably shouldn't rub my nipples as I'm uh, as I'm saying that or sticking your nipple hair to a Vincent van Gogh or whatever it is, you know, that they were allowed. They were enabled. You know that, don't you? You know that none of these activists actually got to where they got to without assistance. You do know that, don't you? Airports, museums, galleries, they have to be enabled and assisted for that photo opportunity. They have to have someone in the gallery taking a picture. They have to have people allowing them through with all the gear that they need to staple themselves to something. I say just leave them there, right? Give me a muck spreader. I'd love a muck spreader, wouldn't you? I would love it. I would love it. I would have a target list drawn up. Let's do this thing. Boom. Be so much fun. Anyway, I wanted to say that the French, and this is the other thing about the French, right? We can say, oh, the French, eh, right? All we want. But when the French protest, they do a great job. And the thing I actually wanted to tell you that I need you to look up today, that shit sticks too. It does. It sticks. It's a sticky old thing. You should see my daughter when she comes home. Covered in it. Um, so here we go. The world has gone topsy-turvy, say angry French farmers. And here are the signs to prove it. And at this point, it would have been helpful probably if I told the vision mixtures, vision mixtures, <laughs> to have some of these signs available. So let's just describe it for ourselves. So imagine those cute little village signs that they have in France. They're always written in a very glorious script. I don't know what the fonting is on French road signs, but it's very lovely. They're turning them upside down. Have a look for it. Maybe someone could stick a little linky here on the chit chat for us. They're taking French, the village signs, signs of the towns, and they're turning them upside down. This is glorious. Because the world has been turned topsy-turvy, name bearing roadside plaques, signs, have been unscrewed, flipped, and then meticulously screwed back on. French farmers, so clever, drawing attention to what they say is their increasingly precarious way of life. We're trying to show uh, that all of these contradictory instructions we get, are getting are going to drive farmers to the wall. There is no other profession that suffers such a mental load. And our lovely chit-chatter here is explaining about the electricity for irrigation and then a tripling of fertilizers. This is the point the French farmers are making with you. On one side, the minister asks us to change our practices to make them more ecological. On the other hand, he tells us to produce as much as possible so that France can achieve food sovereignty. 
um, the farmers' union has secured a government climb down on two taxes next year. So the French farmers are in a state of high readiness, is how I would put it from a military perspective. They've already done the slurry spraying, which some agree with, some say is a bit like gluing yourself to the tarmac, whatever. I'm all about it because it's bold, it's big. And honestly, I personally would take great joy in spraying a, a ton of that stuff onto uh, number 10, any politician, the House of Commons. And I know it's pathetic and I know it's childish. I know it would make me feel better. But the French, the French are with us. So the Dutch farmers, the French farmers, and how elegant quietly going along to countryside towns. It's spreading like wildfire in France. Do look this up. And just turning the roadside upside down. And uh, road sign, sorry, upside down. And then putting it back perfectly. No damage to the thing, no nothing. To show that the world is topsy-turvy. And this calls to my soul. Because, of course, I tell you, don't I, all the time, or I speak about batshit bonkers Britain. People now come up to me in the street all over the place and talk to me about batshit bonkers Britain, which is really nice. A lot of Americans are big fans of batshit bonkers Britain. So that's really lovely. Um, but the world is topsy-turvy. But we're putting it right. And I'm putting my faith in farmers. And I'm going to get me to the next Dutch farm process if it kills me. Um, can I tell you some things? I wanted to speak to you about Mile and uh, his dramatic action overnight, where he, I don't know what the whack, whack, whack was for, slightly poor movie. I don't know. I don't know what that was about, honestly. But he has taken the peso and he has chopped it in half. So if yesterday you had one peso, today you still have one peso but that peso is worth half as much. And this might sound like a bad idea. This might sound extreme, but he has halved the value of currency overnight. And can I leave that with you to sit with? Because uh, what we'll do is we'll come back to it tomorrow. I also want to tell you something else, which is sort of glorious about how our spider's web of amazingness works is that uh, back in the day when I found out people would approach me a lot with issues and problems. So Finland has the same problem as everywhere else that imported people who should not uh, be in our country, illegals who uh, believe that they have a right to violate our children because they're uncovered. And they give the idea of the lollipop uncovered that flies are on the sticky lollipop. It's okay to use white girls because they're uncovered. Well, Finland, the most northerly point, Oulu, I flew to the most northerly point of Finland and unbelievably illegals were put into the most northerly point of Finland, into Oulu, and they were grooming kids. And by grooming, I mean trapping kids at school gates. And there were young Finnish girls involved in the sexual um, well, I mean, just the molestation and rape and abuse. That ring, uh, those rings of illegals targeting our girls was happening in Finland. And I flew there to expose what was going on. And luckily, Men Online and other news outlets then followed what I was doing and uh, wrote and started talking about the grooming gangs of Finland. Well, today and tomorrow, I'm going to London and the Finnish 
that I met over there when I was helping to expose what was going on, are coming over uh, to do a series of interviews with some of the bigger, uh, I guess, voices for freedom. Um, and so I'm going to go and join my Finnish friends, uh, help them with their podcast and help rally our side and send good, good words out to Finland via our Finnish friends in our network um, to the next couple of days. So I will be back on the road. You won't be able to see me, obviously, because I'm in my urban camouflage gear and I move like a fish in a river in a stream in the moonlight. But I will be back. Fingers crossed for good Wi-Fi. Fingers crossed, everybody. I'll be back same time tomorrow with an update from uh, the capital city. <laughs> I'll be up to trouble in the meantime. Uh, so do come back and join us again tomorrow. Stay with TNT. My name is Katie Hopkins. And this, my darlings, is TNT Radio. TNT Radio.